Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, everybody. I'm Logan Camden. I'm Carson Briber, And this is Nerd Sesh. No! Oh my God! How could he do that? Are you on donate? What? Charles Darwin. All right, well, Logan, tis the season, baby. Episode 17 of Trivia Time. It is always a joy to do here. If you're not familiar with the format, I ask Logan 15 questions about NFL history. He does the same for me with the NBA. And then at the very end, I will ask him a bonus question to name any team from a quarterback in a post-2005 season. It's always difficult, and it will be this time again, I can assure you. But Logan, let's start with just a standard NFL question for you. So I'm going to ask the first one. Which NFL MVP threw the most interceptions in their MVP season? There are actually two guys tied for the all-time lead. Who are they? Okay, um, I'm going to start out with a question, actually. Uh, are both of these guys pre-2000? No. Wow. Um, so my first guess is going to be Brett Favre. Incorrect. Peyton Manning. Incorrect. Interesting. So there's a guy post-2000 with a lot of picks. Um, this is going to be a tough one. Um, I'm going to guess a weird one. I don't know if you ever won it. I'm going to go Len Dawson. Not Len Dawson. Both are both are quarterbacks, though, right? They are both quarterbacks. Yeah, no, sorry. This is a little joke on on our nerd sesh. Um, man, this is a tough one. Post two thousand guys who've won MVP: um, Rodgers, Brady, Peyton, Rich Gannon. Not Rich Gannon. Oh, I thought that one was going to hit. I'll give you a hint. One of them is Rich Gannon era, basically. One of them is more Len Dawson era. Okay, okay. That clarifies things a little bit. Um, Steve McNair. Not Steve McNair. McNair won co-MVP with somebody that year as well um, in that same time frame. So I'm trying to think. Man, I want to get this. Uh, let's try... No, I don't think this is right. I'm going to go Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is correct. He had 22 interceptions in his second MVP season in 2001 to 36 touchdowns. 
So you got one old guy left who you still got to dig out of that brain of yours. Um, I'm going to go Kenny Stabler. Not Ken Stabler. Old QBs. Nerd sesh favorite. This isn't right, but I'm going to throw him out there. It's Dan Pastorini, isn't it? It's not Dan Pastorini. <laughs> um, let's go... Um, what was his name? Uh, Greasy. Um, nope. I'll give you a hint, though. You might have been onto something with Nerd sesh favorite. Sorry, I just immediately thought of Vinny Testaverde. Um, As you should have. Nerd sesh favorite. Who is somebody we talk about? I, I, I'm going to throw out George Blanda. The answer is George Blanda. In 1961, the exact same touchdown-interception ratio as Warner, 36-22. to 22. Get this, though, Logan. He did it in 12 games. Only played 12 of the 14 games that season and threw 36 touchdowns. Had a seven-touchdown game in there as well. Also, of course, threw 22 interceptions. I think the season after this had, like, 41 or something, like the actual all-time record. But this year, he was MVP of the league. Yeah, I was going to say, 22 is kind of low for Blanda as he oh, goes was, for his career. It was probably a career low, in fact. <laughs> a great question. I didn't know George Blanda was an MVP, so I like that. Carson, I have a very special question for you to start out. This is a question directly from your father, actually. So, oh, good. <laughs> um, Carson, who has the most double-doubles to start a season in NBA history? All right. So we just got to think through the greats. My first guess, considering that it comes from my father, this is going to be a stupid one, but Andrew Bogut. <laughs> no, it is not Andrew Bogut. Okay. So let's think. I'm trying to deduce where he could have picked up a fun fact from. And it makes me think that it was probably on a Warriors broadcast, which is why I went Bogut first. Then again, there's always the peril of me watching that same Warriors broadcast. So maybe I'm just way off base here. So let's just go with the great rebounders of all time. Moses Malone. Actually, that's a really great guess. Moses is um, third all time in this category with 16 to start off a season. Bob Pettit. Good guess. It is not Bob Pettit. Charles Barkley. Barkley's another good guess. It is not Charles. Okay, so let's just think about the all-time rebound machines. Walt Bellamy. No. Okay. Artis Gilmore. No. Okay. You're in the you're you're in the right era though. I'm in the right era. Okay, interesting. So 60s, 70s, somewhere in there. A little a little further, but yeah. A little further which way? 70s. That, okay, 70s. Got it. Okay, Bob McAdoo. Good guess. It is not Bob McAdoo. I think I have it. Marvin Barnes. It is not Marvin Barnes. Spencer Haywood. It's not Spencer Haywood. All right. This was an era of big men putting up massive numbers. Note the fact that I just guessed Marvin Barnes and Spencer Haywood. Who else are we looking at from this time frame? Hmm. I was going to say Joe Barry Carroll again, taking the Warriors angle, but he's a little too late. And I'll give you a number. He had 34 straight double-doubles to start this season. What a freak. Uh, Daryl Dawkins. Another good guess. It is not Daryl, though. 70s big man. Billy Cunningham? Really close. It is not Billy Cunningham. Really close. Is it a sixer, then? I've guessed a few sixers. It's not Wilt Chamberlain, is it? It is not Wilt Chamberlain. Okay. Thank goodness. That would have been a painful one. The double-doubles is with rebounds, right? I haven't, yes. Okay. For a second, I some scary things went off in my head, and I thought maybe I've just been way off this whole time. And that's the brilliance of the question. 
Kareem? It is not Kareem. Okay. This guy did win a title, though. Dave Cowens? It is not Dave Cowens. Come on, man. Willis Reed. This guy actually won two titles, I'm pretty sure. It is not Willis Reed either. All right. Well, so that makes me think it's a Celtic or a Nick. Dave DeBusher? It is not Dave DeBusher. And, and I'm going to confirm that fact for you before I throw you off base. Okay. 70s, big man, on a very good team. Were the two titles with the same team by your estimation? No, they were not. Tricky. Very tricky indeed. Happy Hairston. I'm going to be honest with you, Carson. I have no idea who Happy Hairston is. It is not him. He was on the 72 Lakers. He was a good player. Probably their fourth best guy. You are you are beating all around this guy. Well, this is a terrible way to start an episode because I'm a broken man right now, but I need to rally somehow. Think about dudes who just put up massive numbers in the 70s. I need a moment just to collect myself and think. Not McAdoo, not Gilmore, not Kareem, not Bill Walton, I wouldn't think. Do you want to guess him? Yes, I would like to guess Bill Walton. It is Bill Walton. You know, I thought about Walton considerably earlier on. He's probably like the 10th guy who I thought of. Not like that would have been a home run, but I probably went 20. That's a little frustrating. It actually, it's pretty... Because I thought of him like four minutes ago. That's why I, when you said Billy Cunningham, I immediately thought you were going to hit it. Oh, I, I didn't think you meant similar in that way. Okay. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm glad you did your dad proud, though. Um, and I also want to give another stat. So the second guy, you got Bill Walton at one with 34 double-doubles to start off a season. You got Moses at three with 16. And that second spot is actually Giannis with 17 straight to start off a season. Wow. So Walton's doubling everybody else. Can't believe I didn't get that a little bit sooner. But you know what? At least we don't have a Rick Barry situation where I have to deal with it for the rest of the episode. I'm going to rebound. Last time was a career showing for me. I got 13 point something was the final count. Mm -hmm. Pretty happy with that. I want to build on that. Okay, Logan, your second question. So this one refers back to a former question in Trivia Time history. A few episodes ago, I asked you, who was the youngest Hall of Famer inducted? You correctly said Gale Sayers, I believe off the bat. He also has the least career games played of any Hall of Famer since 1960. Who has the second least career games played in that era? In that era. Since 1960. Okay. Just because there's a few guys in like the 20s and 30s who... So second guy, but he's a Hall of Famer. Correct. I'm going to go with the one of the newest inductees. I'm going to guess Calvin Johnson. Not Calvin Johnson. All right. Uh, my next guess is going to be Jim Brown. Not Jim Brown. Okay. Uh, can, I, can I ask you something then? You sure can. Is this... Did this guy have his career cut short by injury? Yes. Interesting. Because those aren't bad guesses. Those guys are probably relatively high on the list. They both played nine, ten seasons. A little less for Megatron. Eight seasons. But this guy's a little bit less. Only 78 career games. Wow. Sayers was only 68. All right. Um, could you give me an error? Are we going... Just give me pre-90s or post-90s? Post-90s. Wow. Um... Okay, I don't, I'm not 100% sure this guy is in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to guess Sterling Sharp then. Not Sterling Sharp. That's a very wise guess. I don't think he is in the Hall of Fame though. The receivers, they're pretty stingy with. There's only like 10 or 11 of them. So post 90, so I definitely think I should get this guy. For some reason, I, I have a feeling it's a, it's a linebacker or a lineman or something. Um, 
This is a weird one. I'm going to guess Clay Matthews. Nope. I think Clay played like 16 seasons. That was, that was a horrible guess. Um, also, not a Hall of Famer, I don't believe. Really? Because I saw his oh, son maybe, petitioning. Maybe I meant Bruce Matthews. Okay. No, Bruce played a long time. I know that. Um, 78 total games, which means... I was going to throw somebody like Tony Baselli out there, but Baselli's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Um, he has yet to get his induction. Um, Post-90s, though. That's what's throwing me off. Fun fact, there was almost a Tony Baselli question in this episode of Trivia Time. He would have been one possible answer. Might save that question for another episode, though, so I'm not going to spoil it. So I'll, I'll leave that in the back of my mind for, for, for a month from now. Um, man, this is tough. Um, Post-90s guy... I, do want to get this though? Oh, is it Terrell Davis? It is Terrell Davis with 78 career games, right on the money. Obviously, an MVP season in there, a 2,000 yard season, a 1,700 yard season, a 1,500 yard season, a couple Super Bowls. That's enough to get him into the Hall of Fame. Well done. And one of the most criminally underrated running backs, I think, of all time, just because of how short he lasted in the league. Yeah, but definitely one of the highest peaks of all time. Definitely, Carson. This one is going to hit close to home. Minimum 10 games played. Who has averaged the most points per game versus your Golden State Warriors? All right. Minimum 10 games played. And, and so because of that, you're not going to see any, you know, crazy outliers. The, the, all these guys are all time. So I think when you first scroll through some Warriors killers in your mind, maybe you think of Kobe Bryant. Here's why it won't be Kobe, though. 20 years, there's a couple rough years at the start scoring-wise, a couple rough years at the end that I think will take him out of contention. I hope that that's right. I hope that I didn't just talk myself out of the answer. That would be pretty funny. Kobe is seventh with 27 points per game, so you're spot on. Okay, sweet. Is it LeBron James? LeBron is also tied for seventh at 27 points per game. And it's funny to me that you guessed that initially because just because he doesn't have the sample size that other guys do. Yeah, but I feel like he's always played really well against the Warriors, especially in the recent years. And if you were counting playoffs, he would be higher because obviously he has 35 a game in the finals and 2015 and a bunch of other great performances. Okay, here's why you might be asking that question. Is the answer Kevin Durant? You make me sick, man. <laughs> there we go. Uh, KD, 30.3 points per game in 32 career games against the Warriors. Also up here, Damian Lillard, Michael Jordan, George Gervin, and Jerry West. And yes, that's precisely why I asked the question. All right. So I will take that one to the bank, as they say. Okay, Logan. Question number three. If we remove minimum limits, nothing ridiculous, but let's say you have to have 30-plus touchdowns. One quarterback drafted in the last decade joins Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers to have a top three all-time touchdown-interception ratio. Who is it? Uh, I'm sorry, you said Mahomes and Rodgers? Who is joining them a quarterback drafted in the last decade? Russell Wilson. No. Really? So that's where the minimum limits come in. I think that the current standard is 100 passing touchdowns and Russ is third with that metric, but I'm going to move it down to 30. Colin Kaepernick. Not Kaepernick. Um, I'm sorry. So can you clear it? So it's touchdown interception ratio? Correct. Okay. Um, who is just... I'm going to guess Nick Foles? Not Nick Foles. It's a great question. Um, just for the record, Kaepernick is pretty good. He's 72 to 30, 2.4 to 1. This guy is more like 3.4 to 1. That's impeccable. Um, I'm going to go with the guy from the same draft class as Mahomes. I'm going to go to Sean Watson. 
Not Deshaun, but he is well up there as well. I think he's like three to one. As a nerd who loves quarterbacks and loves quarterbacks in draft classes, I am I, I have to get this one for for all of my pride uh, to stay intact. Um, so ten years. Let's go. Twenty eleven is going to be most recent, right? That that's a cutoff point. Twenty eleven. Correct. Cam Newton's not going to be up there, uh, especially not after last season. 2012, Andrew Luck is an interesting guest, but I assume if Russell Wilson wasn't there, he's not going to be. I'll throw him out there. Is it Andrew Luck? Not Andrew Luck. Okay. Um, 2013. Here, I'll give you a hint. Think about why I would set a minimum at 30 touchdowns. Well, probably because he didn't eclipse. Right. So it's not going to be an Andrew Luck kind of guy. It's a little weirder than that, but I still think you can get it. 30, so I'm guessing he was probably like 31 to, or no, 34 to 10, something. Man, Brock Osweiler? No. I don't much care for that guess at all. (laughs) (laughs) Derek Carr. Not Derek Carr. Ryan Tannehill. Not Ryan Tannehill. I'm assuming this guy started way less games than all these guys. That's correct. Man, obscure quarterbacks are kind of my thing, man. I, I, I got to get this. <laughs> I was going to guess Blake Bortles. That's a horrible guess. All right, I'm going to throw a weird one out. I don't think this is right either. Marcus Mariota? Nope. Some of these guys are pretty good, though. Tannehill's a little bit over 2-1. to one. Mariota is 77-45. to 45, Not quite as good. It's just throwing me off that a guy could play this little, I guess, is it recent memory maybe? Uh, Baker Mayfield? Not Baker. Josh Allen? Not Josh. Lamar? Not Lamar. Am I getting close in the range? Is it just because of its recency? You have the right idea. Okay. Um, Burrow from this season. Who? Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert is a phenomenal guess. He was 31 to 10 this season, so he would be way up there in the all-time ladder. Not quite as high as this guy, though. I don't want to throw in the towel here. Um... Excuse me, actually. Lamar would be here as well. So my mistake on the question. So now you're just looking for a bonus guy, but Lamar is 68 to 18. Wow, it's crazy. Pretty crazy indeed. Man, um, <laughs> I was going to say Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Horrible guesses, horrible guesses. Um, man, dude, who am I missing? Josh Freeman, dude? <laughs> no. Oh, come on, dude. That's spot on. Josh Freeman's a goat. This is this is a really tough question. Um, John Wolford. No. Jimmy G. No. I, I think I surrender. The answer is Gardner Minshew. 37 to 11 in his career. He is currently among the all-timers, but the question was wrong, and you did get the actual answer right before you got my incorrect answer, so you get some bonus points for that. Gardner Minshew? Yes. I'm in disbelief. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's a machine. No, 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 no. He doesn't throw interceptions. Okay, fair enough. He does turn the ball over. He's got a lot of fumbles. I've never seen it. Excellent question. That one caught me a lot off guard. I'm impressed. Carson, for this next question, I took a play out of your playbook. I know you love your decades question, so I've got a few lined up for you today. Wilt led the 1970s in rebounds per game with 18.7. He only played 258 games. That's why. But who led the decade in total rebounds? 
The 70s. Yes. So it's going to be one of the guys who I was just thinking of. My first guess. Mm. I want to say Dave Cowens. Boy, do I want to save Dave Cowens. But I also want to say Artis Gilmore. I think it's going to be one of those two. I'm going to go Cowens. Cowens is fourth. Then I'm going to go Artis Gilmore. Gilmore is not in the top 10, actually. Really? Very interesting. Okay. 70s rebounders. I was just going through this list in my mind, basically. I hope it's not someone weird like Bob Lanier. Okay, who did I really think was going to hit for the double-double question from the 70s? I have to guess Kareem. Kareem is second. That is an excellent guess. It's not going to be Walton because obviously he starts too late in the decade. It's not going to be Moses because he's starting a little too late in the decade. I wouldn't think it's Moses, but I should guess him. Is it Moses? It is not Moses. Okay. Because he probably only has like six years. He came in in 74. Okay. I'm trying to think back to the 1970 draft class. I believe Rudy Tomjanovich was in that class. I do not believe Rudy Tomjanovich is the answer though. Oh. Just, just think, Carson. Also, I do want to throw out your Bob Lanier guess. He is seventh on this list. Okay. That's good to hear. Good to know that I'm in the ballpark. Oh, Willis Reed's not going to work here. Is it Wes Unseld? Wes Unseld is another great guess. He is third on this list. Is it Elvin Hayes? Elvin Hayes is spot on. He led the 1970s in rebounding. Um, also on here, some guys you didn't get to. Paul Silas, Sam Lacey, um, Nate Thurman, Bob McAdoo, and Clifford Ray all round out the top 10. Uh, great job, though. Thank you very much. Okay, Logan, here's your question. Which non-offensive active player has the most career Pro Bowl appearances? Non-offensive. Correct. Aaron Donald. Nope. I'm just... There's got to be... Malcolm Jenkins. Nope. The number is nine for context. It's crazy. Um, I'm trying to think of just older guys that have stuck around for a while. I don't think it's going to be some weird, like, oh, is it Matthew Slater? It's Matthew Slater. Very well done, Logan. I was expecting a little bit of trickery, the non-offensive, because, I, I don't know, I was thinking of special teams guys. I knew it couldn't be a punter. I knew it couldn't be a kicker. Matthew Slater is one of the greatest special teams guys of all time. Very perceptive of you. Should be a future Hall of Famer, along with Steve Tasker, who should also already be a Hall of Famer. Yes, I completely agree. Another excellent question. Carson, I'm following this up. I've got two more decades question in a row here for you. Who scored the most total points in the 1980s? Oh, I know this. It's Alex English. Cut and dry. Okay, folks, <laughs> we're going to move on to the next one. I've seen that stat before. That's why I know it. But it does make sense. He's high 20s, up around 30, basically every single year of the decade, whereas Magic's obviously not there. Larry, not quite that level as a scorer. I think Adrian Dantley might be second, too, if I'm not mistaken. Because he had four straight 30-point-per-game seasons. Malone is second, but Dantley is third. There you go. Good question. Okay. Logan. So Jerry Rice is obviously number one all-time in playoff, receiving touchdowns with 22. Gronk is now second with 14. Who is third? Larry Fitzgerald. Not Larry Fitzgerald. I wish I had researched this, because this has been the stat all over... Everywhere. Um, Rice, Gronk, big time playoff, wideouts or tight ends. Um, 
man, and of course we did we did our episode on on the best wide receiver um, quarterback duos of all time. So this should be fresh in my mind. Um, I would like to give you a little bit of credit for the Fitz guess because he's fourth, so he's the first man off here. I know it's not Kellen Winslow. I know it's not Marvin Harrison, who is who went to the playoffs a lot. Um, dude, there's somebody next to Fitzgerald. It may be it may be Gronk actually. I don't know. Had one of the greatest single runs of all time. And that's what I'm trying to think. Guys who've had big playoff individual playoff runs. I'm gonna guess Wes Welker. Not Wes Welker. Randy Moss. Not Randy Moss. But Moss is tied with Fitz. He has 10. So he's tied for fourth. Another good guess. I'm not confident in this answer. John Stallworth. Boom! Should have been confident. He has 12. He's two above a few guys who are tied for fourth place. But very well done, Logan. Thought you might get it just because of the, obviously, Steelers connection and maybe being a notably good playoff performer because of all that winning and big-time playmaking he did, but very well done. It's all that saved me, the the repetitive success of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry, I just had to get my casual flex in there. Yeah, that was super uh, cool. <laughs> Carson, another decades question. Stockton led the 90s in assists. Who Can you round out the top five of the assist leaders in the 1990s for me? First of all, let me just say how much I appreciate the introduction of the decade question here because these are so much fun. Gary Payton. Uh, Payton is just out of the top five at number nine. Really? Okay. Well, I don't think it's going to be Kid because Kid doesn't come in until 94. He's a beast, but I don't think he was that much of a beast. Mark Jackson. Correct. He is the first man behind Stockton. As I would expect. Other 90s guys. Not going to be Isaiah. It's obviously not going to be Magic. Maybe I should guess Kid just to be safe. I will guess Kid. Kid is not in the top 10. Okay. That makes sense. So who's coming into the league late 80s around then? That's probably a pretty good bet for some of these candidates. All right. I have a guess for another guy who I feel pretty good about. Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway is the second guy off. So you've gotten the first two. You have three more to go. Or no, excuse me. Two more to go. Okay. All right. So let's just think. Great point guards of the 90s. And I'm going to be honest. These two guys, they're memorable. They're notable. But I don't really think of them when I think of all-time assist guys. Okay. Interesting. It's not going to be Grant Hill. It's not going to be Penny Hardaway. Dudes are good passers, but obviously abbreviated. Doc, this is going to be too late for him, I would assume. 90s assist leaders. Is it going to be a San Antonio Spur? No, I don't think so. Both of these guys, I remember in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Good to know. Trying to think. Other Knicks besides Mark Jackson, I don't think so. Did you just make a face? Maybe. I think this guy played for the Knicks. Excuse me. Yeah, I I think he played for the Knicks. Okay. Very interesting. The first guy who comes to mind is Anthony Mason. That's not going to be it, I don't think. Although he was a very good passer for his size. <laughs> okay, this guy played one season for the Knicks. So you're probably not going to remember him with them. All right. Well, maybe I'll retract that then. <sighs> Elsewhere. Any bucks? Oh, Mark Price. Mark Price is a good guess. It is not actually him. And 
I want to apologize because this guy actually did spend time on a team in the Western Conference as well in the 90s, so I don't want to steer you off of them. Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson is a good guess. It is not Avery, though. Man, I thought I was going to hit one of those two. I'm not blanking on anybody that would break my heart, right? No. Okay, good. So I can take solace in that at the very least. Man, I'm trying to think. Sam Cassell? Interesting guess. Cassell is not in the top 10, though. Okay. Does not shock me. I'm trying to think. Early 90s drafts, late 80s drafts, good point guards. For this guy in the number five spot, like I would not expect him at all to be up here. Okay. He, he's a point guard, but it's just, it's so random. Man, I'm just trying to think. We're too late for Norm Nixon now. Too late for Kevin Porter. Uh, I think I might throw in the towel here for time's sake. Number four, Rod Strickland. Okay. At number five, Muggsy Bogues. Man, that's the second straight episode with a Muggsy question, isn't it? Last time I got it, this time I did not get it. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, very interesting. I think of Strickland, I guess just, I think about his finishing first, mm -hmm. his ability to score around the rim, and then his playmaking second. That's a good one. Okay, Logan. So you talked about how much you love quarterback draft questions. You should be foaming at the mouth for this one then. What is the only draft class in league history that produced four quarterbacks with 170 plus career passing touchdowns? Uh, 84. No. Oh, four. No. How many? Four quarterbacks? Four quarterbacks with 170 plus passing touchdowns. 83 had three of them. Ken O'Brien, I think, had 120-something fourth. 04, Matt Schaub was fourth. He had similar to that, 120-something, 130. 2012. That's correct, Logan. Very impressive. Do you know who the four are? Um, did Luck didn't do it, did he? Luck did. He had 171. Okay. Wilson? Mm-hmm. Foles? Right? It's not Foles, Foles, actually. 2013, my bad. Um, no, who are the other two? Cousins and Tannehill. Wow. Very impressive that you got that one right because it's not, I wouldn't say, an iconic class. And if it is, it might be more because of an RG3, a Colin Kaepernick, than a Kirk Cousins or a Ryan Tannehill. But it's Russ with 267, Kirk with 190, Tannehill 178, Luck 171. No, I completely forget about those guys at the back half of the draft. But uh, that's surprising, but I'm glad I got it. Good question. Very well done. Carson, another decades one here. Who led the Lakers in scoring in the 90s? Uh, Cedric Ceballos. <laughs> no. Okay, I didn't think it was that bad of a guess. Uh, Nick Van Exel. Nick Van Exel is a good guess. He is fourth on this list. Okay, is Ceballos not on the list? Ceballos is not. Uh, maybe it wasn't as good of a guess as I thought. Worthy's gonna play into the 90s, but he had a pretty short career, not that far into the 90s. Worthy's actually second. Really? What year did he stop? I believe... 95? Yeah, because that's what... This decade of Lakers basketball is sort of broken up into a few distinct eras because you have, obviously, the last couple years of the great Lakers, 91 being their last finals appearance, and then you have 96 on Shaq, Kobe Shaq. Is it Shaq? It is not Shaq. Shaq is on the list. It is not Shaq, though. So who transcended both eras? This one threw me for a loop. It's why I ask. I'm trying to think. 
I was going to say Rick Fox. He was with the Celtics for a bit as well, but is it Rick Fox? <laughs> it is not Rick Fox. Okay, it's not going to be Fisher because he comes in late 90s as well. It's not going to be Kobe because he's obviously not outscoring Shaq. It's not Van Exel. It's not Ceballos. You made a face at me, but I don't no, know. No, just no. I'm not trying to send you any messages here. Just, just a tough question. Just not really a guy I think of when I think of Lakers. Okay. Is it AC Green? AC Green's a good guess. He's ninth on this list. Is it Vlade Divac? Yeah, I don't know where you pulled that out of, but yeah, it is Vlade. Let's go. So I kind of just thought about longevity, and then also when you said you don't think of him as a Laker, I thought you probably think of him as a Sacramento King. Man. That's crazy just because he was never a score-first guy. I mean, he's scoring in the teens, I'm sure, but and he was gone by 96. That was what was, so, what was so crazy about it. So how many total points did he have? Couldn't have been that many. No, you're exactly right, Carson. It isn't by much. Divot's 6,497, only 34 more points than James Worthy. Wow. Very interesting. Okay, good question, Logan. When you think of iconic Lakers... That is probably the decade most devoid of them, at least for an extended stretch. Okay, nice one. Here's a pretty specific question for you. Who was the last player to have four interceptions in a single game? I mean, obviously my gut wants to say D'Angelo Hall. Is that an official guess? Yeah. It's a correct guess. Very well done. It is Hall. He did it in 2010. It had been nine years before him since anyone had done it last. And I want to articulate to you a really weird pattern that occurs with these four interception guys. So you have D'Angelo Hall, last guy, Delph O'Neal. Sounds kind of like D'Angelo Hall. But if you go back to 85, Darren Cherry. 79, Vernon Perry. <laughs> 78, Willie Buchanan. 64, Willie Brown. Also 64, Bobby Hunt. 62, Bobby Ply, Jerry Norton in 61, Jerry Norton in 60. It's just the same guy, but <laughs> weirdly similar names throughout this list. I don't know. So who's the next guy? Before D'Angelo Hall? No, no, no. Who's the next guy after D'Angelo? There isn't one. Oh, D'Angelo Fall. I don't know. <laughs> probably something like that. I don't know. I don't see the future. I'm just pick up on patterns. No, I like it. That's a, it's, that's really weird though. Very strange, man. I'm going to investigate, but good job. Okay, what do you got for me? Carson, this is one of the, like, this This answer has seven answers, so this is a tough one. I don't expect you to get all of them, but I want to see how many you can get. In LeBron's career, he has had seven teammates that have averaged five or more assists per game in an individual season with him. Can you name them all? Seven of them. Let's go. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is correct. He did it twice in 2015 and 2017. Dwayne Wade. Um, Dwayne Wade is correct. He did it in 2013. Delonte West. Delonte West is an interesting one. It is not him, though. Mo Williams. I didn't expect you to get Mo, but there he is in 2010 when they made the big trade for him. Mo averaged 5.3. Mario Chalmers. Chalmers is an excellent guess. He had 4.9 one season, but didn't crack the five mark. Booby Gibson. <laughs> it is not Booby Gibson. Okay. Uh, Anthony Parker. Anthony Parker is an interesting guest. It is not him, though. Okay. So let's think more recently, then. Rondo? Wow. That is a good guess. Rondo has done it twice with LeBron. Okay. So we're at four of the seven now. 
So there's one more really recent guy, and there then there's two guys really early in LeBron's career. Okay. So I'm trying to think post-Kyrie in Cleveland. This is a weird one, but Della Vadova? Della Vadova averaged 4.81 season, mm. but he did not crack the five mark. Okay. Does Isaiah Thomas count for the however many games they played? Isaiah was Isaiah did it, but because he didn't complete okay. the entire season, I didn't count it. Okay. Fair and logical. Who's the last recent guy? So if it's super recent, there's a decent chance it's a Laker. But I can't imagine it is because which Laker would it be? Oh, Lonzo? It is Lonzo. 5.4 in 2019. And now I'll give you the year. Two guys from 2004. Okay. So uh, this is a weird era of LeBron basketball because they were not good. So let me even try to remember who was on that team. Most notable guy from this era is Boozer. But I think Boozer was gone by 04. I think they only played one year together. Or is this the 03-04 season or 04-05? 03-04. Okay, so LeBron's rookie year. So Boozer was on this team then. But that's not relevant to this question because he didn't average five assists per game. Hmm. Man. I'm trying to think. It's going to be some kind of bummy dudes, I feel like. Early 2000s Cavs. I'm not loving my chances as I'm scrolling through the old noggin. Were either of them ever an all-star or anything? One guy might have been. I know for sure the other was not. Let me confirm. Okay. No, neither of them were ever all-stars. Okay. I think I might throw in the towel. Nothing is coming to me. So both from 2004, Jeff McGinnis averaged 7.5 in LeBron's rookie year. And then Ricky Davis averaged five flat with LeBron. Okay, Ricky Davis I maybe could have gotten. I just think of him as much more of a scorer than a playmaker. Jeff McGinnis, really? Remarkable. Just remarkable. Okay, good question, Logan. All right, here's what I got for you. Over the last couple years, both Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes won MVPs as second-year players, despite neither of them winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who are the other four players in NFL history to have won MVP in their second season? Excellent question. Kurt Warner is my first guess, but did he go did he go one and three? Boom. Second year. He barely played in his first season, played in one game, but he also did not win offensive rookie of the year and obviously won the award at 28 years old. Good one. Barry? Nope. Um guys who came in and torched the league. I don't want to spoil too much. Are they all quarterbacks? No. Okay. Um, and Warner is the most recent since Mahomes and Jackson. Interesting. Um, let's think. Okay, well, good. I was going to guess Ladanian Tomlinson, but that clears up a little bit of the way. Um, guys who are good off the bat. Um, I'll throw out Joe Montana. Not Joe Montana. <laughs> a nerd sesh favorite, uh, Ken Anderson. Not Ken Anderson. Second season out. Who was balling? Um, Pre-Warner. Pre-Warner. Um, Favre won his MVP. I don't think he did it. Favre was relatively young. 
But Mark Mosley, no. He was about a decade in, I think. I wouldn't expect you to know because there's one thing he's relevant for and it's that MVP year. So that's a smart guess, but no. Starbuck. No. Starbuck never an MVP, I don't believe. Really? Um, I, Fran Tarkenton? I don't know. Nope. It's a tough one. One of them's not so tough. And I think you might be overthinking it just a little bit. Jerry never won an MVP. What am I, what am I doing? Steve Young. No, Steve was on the Bucks. What am I doing? You're struggling to answer this question. That's what you're doing. Thank you. It was rhetorical, but you know, I, I appreciate it. My, my brain is just... You want to throw on the towel? I don't. I don't. I'm going to throw out two more guesses. If I, if I don't hit either of them, I'm, I'm going to throw it in. Okay. Um, <laughs> Boomer Esiason. No. What a weird MVP, though. Yeah, I know. Is it hot in here or is it, is it just me? I find it to be quite temperate in here. Very pleasant. Man, I, I was hoping I'd be able to go to, for the sweep, man. I'm, I, what are we, six in? Yeah, six or seven. All right, man, I'm going to throw it in. Who is it? So there's three more. Initially, I thought about making the question just guys who didn't win Offensive Rookie of the Year in their first season and then won MVP in their second season because even for that, you had Warner and then you had Marino in 84 who didn't win because of Eric Dickerson. The other two guys, non-quarterbacks, Earl Campbell in 79 and Jim Brown in 58. That was his second straight MVP season because he also won as a rookie. I'm not kicking myself over to Earl or Jim, even though I probably should have guessed those guys, but I am going to lose sleep over the Marino question. That's why I changed the question because I thought you would get Marino and then I wanted to add a little something extra, but we can't be perfect every time. So we are sticking with a similar pattern here. Guys who were successful early in their careers. What player had the most threes in their first five seasons? Okay. So it's going to be a modern guy. I'm going to guess Damian Lillard. Excellent guess. Damian is second on this list. Okay. So uh, I don't think it's Steph just because of injuries. He had the season where he played 23 games or whatever. I think it has to be someone more modern. Honestly, part of me wants to guess Buddy Heald. It's just his first two years he wasn't playing that much, but I'm going to guess Buddy. Buddy is an excellent guess. He is the third guy on this list. So somebody has passed these two. Has to be somebody super recent. A prolific young scoring guard. I'm thinking drafted post-2013. I guess there's the possibility it could be Kyrie, but I just think injuries... Probably not. So let's scroll through the old brain, the old noggin. Do I have the right line of thinking here? Is it after Dame or actually don't tell me. I don't want any hints, but I did ask for a hint, but now I don't want it anymore. All right. Just to be 100% clear, it's not Steph, right? Because I have my next guest lined up. Steph is fourth. Is it Clay Thompson? It is Clay. All right. And it's a really interesting list after those four. After you go after Steph, Ben Gordon, Nick Van Exel, D'Lo, Kyle Korver, my worst, my most hated enemy, Wesley Matthews, and then tied with Ray Allen, Brandon Jennings. 
Weird. I did think about D'Lo actually, just because he fit the profile I was looking for with the volume, skilled offensive guard post-Dame, but that ended up being the wrong profile. Okay, very good question, Logan. Pretty straightforward one for you here. Only one player in Super Bowl history had multiple non-offensive touchdowns in a single game. Who was it? What Dexter, was it? Not Dexter Jackson. I don't think it was any of those bucks, um, although they had a ton of pick sixes in that game. So I'll actually, I'm going to run down their roster then. It's not Rondé. It's not Brooks. It's, it's not any of those bucks. Okay, you're... What am I supposed to say? Is it, is it Derek Brooks? No. Rondé? No. <laughs> this is a buck. It's not Dexter. Uh, Warren Sapp? No. Dude, who else is on that defense? All right, so now I feel like I must concede that it is a buck. Not an all-time buck, though, which is what makes it a little bit interesting. Keenan McCardell? No. And he played wide out. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, oh, this is this is tough, man. Uh, I've run through all the bucks that I need. Simeon Rice? No. This is a tough one. You would kind of have to know it or not know it, you know? One of those. Just seeing if there's any mid-2000 bucks that are randomly just going to pop up. Um, John Lynch? No, that's a good guess, though. I think I have exhausted my mid-2000s bucks roster. So the answer is Dwight Smith. He had a 44-yard pick six and a 50-yard pick six. You look angry. I know Dwight Smith, man. Free... I should have got that. How did he not win Super Bowl MVP? Because they really liked Dexter. Foolish. I don't know, because they forced a million turnovers, I guess. And they took their pick. But you would think that he would normally win Super Bowl MVP for that. Excellent question. I really like that. Um, Carson, we are sticking with early on in people's careers. Who is the only player in NBA history to be top three in total assists and points in their first five and ten seasons? Total points and assists in the league in that current time. No, no, no. Like total, ever. Okay. LeBron James? It is not LeBron. Really? Okay. Points and assists. Larry Bird? It is not Bird. That's another good guess. Okay. Top 10 in both. No. Top 5 in both. Michael Jordan? Actually, if we want to get specific, no. Top three in points and assists for their first five years and their first ten years. I got it. Oscar Robertson. It is the Big O. Um, the Big O was third in scoring in his first five seasons, first in assists, and then for his first ten, third in scoring and third in assists. Just impeccable, but also a little bit of a product of how much he was on the floor. Right, and the pace. But he did average a basically 30-point triple-double for the first five seasons of his career. Uh, just ridiculous, yeah. Okay, that's a good one, Logan. Here's one for you. Larry Fitzgerald currently holds the record for most consecutive 700-yard receiving seasons with 16. Just got broken this past year. Before then, he had done it every single year of his career. Who is second on that list? Jerry? It's not Jerry. He is third with 12. Steve Largent. Not Steve Largent. 
guys who just didn't get hurt, put up numbers. I'm going to go T.O. The answer is T.O. 14 straight years, did it every single season of his career, but his rookie year, very well done. Some other guys on the short list, Jason Witten also did it for 12 years in a row. Anquan Bolden at 11, and those are really the standout guys. Derek Mason also at 11, but well done. Derek Mason? That's correct. Like like Ravens Derek Mason. Last I checked, yes. That is, that's nuts. I didn't, I would not expect him to be up there with that crew of uh, elite wideouts. Great question. 12,000 career yards for Derek Mason. Pretty good. Damn. I, I completely forget about his Titans era too with Steve McNair, but wow, that's crazy. Great question though. Carson, this is a weird one, but I know you know who this guy is. Minimal 100 games played. Who led the 2000s in field goal percentage? All right. It's a weird one. And and actually, you have already said his name today. I don't know if you said it on the pod. I know you've mentioned this guy, though. Andres Biedrins? It is Andres Biedrins. (laughs) So random that you brought him up. 60.4% on eight points and eight boards. Carson, some of the other guys on this list. Carl Landry, Shaq, Andrew Bynum, Dwight Howard, Craig Smith, Josh Boone. An eclectic mix of all-time centers. But yes, Andres Biedrins. So let's be honest. If you hadn't given me that hint, that would be the most impressive first time poll in trivia time history. But I did get a little hint there. That's an interesting list. Dwight would have been at the top of my mind. Shaq would have been at the top of my mind. But a good one for sure. At the top of field goal percentage, at the bottom of free throw percentage, an Andres Biedrins story. That's going to be the name of the documentary that I produce and that literally nobody watches because who cares? Okay, Logan. We have a true or false for you here. I know these ones are always brutal. And this one might be even more brutal because it'll be tough to use context clues. True or false. This year, the NFL averaged the most points per game, yards per game, least turnovers, most first downs, most passes completed, most passing yards per game, and most passing touchdowns in NFL history. True. It's actually false. I slipped in one false stat in there. Actually, third and... I, I hate you, bro. I hate you for that. Because I literally said in my mind, there's no way he's throwing all of these stats together just for this to be false. So that's the brilliance of the question. I did this one just to spotlight that offense is obviously at an all-time high in the league, but actually third in passing yards per game and technically second in least turnovers as well to 1932. I was just going to give that one though because 30s football is... Such a different sport, but all right. Sorry that you're still coping with my epic question. Yeah, you, I was gonna say great question. It's not that you got owned by. No, it's not a great question, but an interesting question, I think. Don't ever fool me like that again, <laughs> man. That was dirty. I got another decades question, Carson. Who led the two thousands in turnovers per game? So, like most. Okay. So there's a couple candidates at the top of my mind. Jason Kidd is candidate number one. Allen Iverson is candidate number two. I'm going to guess Jay Kidd first. Jason Kidd is 10th on this list at 3.1. I'm going to guess Allen Iverson second. Allen Iverson is second on this list at 3.6. Okay. It's not going to be Nash, I don't think, but it could be Nash. So I'm going to guess Nash. Nash is actually 11th. Okay. It could be LeBron. It's definitely possible. And I will guess it. All of your candidates have been close. LeBron is sixth at 3.3. So who is this turnover machine that we are dealing with here? 
I almost said Jerry Stackhouse for a moment. I will retract that, but what an inefficient player he was. So just crazy high turnover numbers. I don't think it's going to be Rondo. He really only came on at the end of the decade, obviously. Not going to be CP3 because he doesn't turn the ball over. Darren Williams? Darren Williams is an interesting guess. He is not in the top 10, though. Kobe Bryant? Kobe is a good guess. He is actually, uh, excuse me, seventh on this uh, tide with 3.1. Okay. Let's just scroll through the old noggin. We've got nothing but time. Trivia time. No, I like that. Great promo. Thank you. You you inhaled, and I thought maybe you were preparing to dish out some epic stat, but apparently not. Man. All right, we're just going to start guessing volume scores. We're going to go away from the playmaking angle. Paul Pierce. Great answer. He is number eight at 3.1. Man. So what is this dude's actual number? Is it like four? 3.8. Stefan Marbury. Interesting guess. It is not Starbury. Maybe in China, though. Yeah, probably in China. Steve Francis? Awesome guess. 3.5 in third. You are so close. I am dancing around the answer here. Man. Carmelo Anthony. Number nine. Oh, come also on, with 3.1. Oh, my God. You have named everyone in the top in the top 10 except for four or five and one man come on Dwayne Wade after all of that Dwayne Wade led the 2000s in turnovers also fun fact only in the league three seasons for the 2000s your boy Russell Westbrook is infamously number four at 3.3 and at number five is my boy no chill Gill wow yeah I was very much thinking about guessing Russ I probably should have sooner just because there was the potential that you would have asked it just because Russ is the answer. But okay, very interesting. Good question. All right, Logan. So this is a favorite genre of question for me here on Trivia Time. I ask you about a single quarterback and all the different players who led one of their teams in receiving throughout the quarterback's career. On today's episode, Eli Manning is the quarterback. He had eight different players lead his team in receiving. Who were they? Victor Cruz. Yep, three times. Odell. Four times. How many did you say? There's six more. Jeremy Shockey. No. Wow, that's surprising. Um, Amani Toomer? So this is a little bit of a gray area because in his rookie year, Amani Toomer actually was a leading receiver, but Warner started more games than him through significantly more passes. So I didn't include that one, partly because I thought you wouldn't get it because he only had like 600 yards. Good job by you, but he's not one of the eight. Mario Manningham? No. Plax. Plaxico three times. So you have all the multiple time leaders. Everybody else is only one time. It's a, it really surprises me that Jeremy Shockey never did it. Um, Tyree did never do it. That was weird. It's not David Tyree. No, it? I was just going to say he wasn't even close. Yeah. <laughs> um, man. All right, I'm going to throw some weird ones out. Bradshaw? No. David Wilson? No. 
what wideouts am I missing? I was so confident in Manningham and Toomer hitting that recently. Um, Sterling Shepard. Correct. Um, who else is is very recent? Shepard, Odell. I'll give you a hint. The guy who led the team last year, you still have not named. I literally can't think of a current Giants wideout. Um, this is embarrassing. You're grimacing. Okay, then ignore that hint. <laughs> this, is, this is embarrassing that I can't name him. Um, I don't think people understand how hot the lights get dude, here. Dude, it, it's, it's burning. It's, yeah. it's searing right now. No, but you do feel the pressure. You got to talk while you're thinking too. Trivia time's hard. I'm really. I'm not even angry about the guy from last year. I'm really angry with the mid 2000s. Like I should, should be getting these guys. Um, I'm halfway there. I, I, I'm going to throw in the towel. Okay. So here are the four who remain: Dominic Hickson, Steve Smith, Hakeem Nix, and Darius Slayton was the guy who did it last year. I'm mad about Nix and Steve Smith. Definitely, I should have gotten. I should have gotten Hakeem for sure because of how long he was there. But I'm not going to lose sleep over Darius Slayton. He was on my fantasy team, dude. What a disgrace. Just kidding. That was a good effort. Those ones are tough. Because especially this one, because they're all they're all just one-time leaders. It's just a bunch of dudes who Eli threw the ball to throughout his career. I love those questions, though. Definitely keep them coming. Carson, we are going to stick with turnovers to this question. What player averaged the most turnovers per game? Or no, excuse me. Had the most total turnovers in their rookie season? Okay. Part of me wants to say Magic Johnson. And I will say Magic Johnson. Excellent guess. He is ninth on this list. He averaged four per game with 305 total. Jason Kidd. Kidd's a good guess. He is not in the top 10. It's funny because I'm going to go through the exact same well of names that I just did. The guy who's number one has not been named. Okay. Uh, That's good to know. So I'll save us all some time there. Not going to be Stockton. Stockton, much like CP3, did not turn the ball over very much at all. All right. Somebody who I have not named. I wonder if it's more recent than... And he averaged he averaged 22 points per game his rookie season. I don't ever really think of... Well, when I think of this guy legacy-wise, I don't think of him as a scorer at all. Okay, I was going to say Dame, but is it Penny Hardaway? Penny Hardaway is a good guess. It's not Penny, though. So this dude was a bucket, but he's also a dimer. No, I wouldn't even... I don't even think of him as a dimer. Okay. Uh, so he just sucked. <laughs> no, no, he had a specialty, but it wasn't scoring or assisting. Uh, weird. So I'm assuming that means he's a great defensive player. <laughs> okay. He averaged 20 points per game for like the first 10 seasons of his career. But when I think of him historically, I just don't think of him as a scorer. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. So I'm starting to think it's a big man, but I might be off on that. 20 point per game scorer for 10 years. It's a pretty good offensive player. Man, what era are we talking uh, 80s to 90s. So like mid-80s to basically 2000. Okay. I was going to say Sidney Moncrief, but he's too early for that. Mid-80s. Uh, Isaiah Thomas? Good guess. It is not Isaiah, though. And I'll give you another hint if you if you continue to struggle. 
I think I might. This is an interesting one. Mid, mid 80s. Mark Aguirre? Good guess. It's not Mark, though. Uh, all right, give me another hint. This guy has more rings than Shaq. Robert Ory, obviously. Uh, more rings than Shaq, so five plus rings. Sean Elliott? It's not Sean Elliott. His dude won a lot. Sean Elliott was a terrible guess because he did not have close to five rings. So, uh, this dude played in multiple locations, I would think, or he played for the Lakers and the... I was, my mind was just leading me back to Robert Ory. This guy spent a early portion of his career with the Cavs and then the Clippers. Okay. Except I think of him with neither of those teams. Okay. Oh, weird. When you said Cavs, I thought Larry Nance, Brad Doherty, some good teams there. It's not going to be either of those guys, though. Five rings. Come on. Only so many players in history have five rings. Kurtzson, you're smarter than this man. Oh. So it has to be a bull. Got to be a bull. Oh, it's Ron Harper. It is Ron Harper. Finally, we've gotten there. And he, dude, his turnover number's stupid this season. 4.2 per game. 345 total also on this list. AI, as he always is. Phil Ford, Glenn Robinson, Bernard King, Trey Young, Shaq, Steve Francis, as you name Magic Johnson, and then rounding at the 10 spot, Reggie Theus. I'm angry because you gave me so many hints that just screamed Ron Harper. He he couldn't have been around 20 a game for 10 years, though, was he? Really? Dude, I mean, like, he dipped to 18 and 19, but he was around 20 every single year. Because he's the signature guy for... Big time scorer on not good teams, then completely changes his role. He also played, obviously, for the Cavs and the Clippers. So I totally should have gotten that sooner than I did. I'm ashamed. Okay, good question, though. All right, Logan. This one is very straightforward. Who was the only player in NFL history with three straight 15 sack seasons? JJ. Nope. Bruce. Nope. LT? Nope. Dang. Um, Reggie? It is Reggie. Reggie went 18-21-18. Just thought it was interesting because not only is he the only guy to do it, he had three of 18 plus. Pretty ridiculous. So what did JJ do? What did he go? 13-20-20? JJ went 20-10.5, I want to say, and then 20-17. So he had three out of four years where he was 15 plus, but not three straight. I love a pass rusher to quarterback question. Another good one, Carson. I'm going to save my favorite question for last year, so I'm going to bounce around to a different one. Carson, what player has scored the most points off the bench in a single game in NBA history? Great question. So my first thought is Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Okay. In Jamal's last game where – that is still his last game, right? Still yep. has not been signed. Uh, no, he played with the Nets in the bubble. Okay. Outside of that, like Jamal's last time in a genuine regular season, that 51-point game he put up on Dallas is still number one all time. Some other interesting names here. Nick Anderson put up 50 off the bench. Mike Woodson. Mike Dunleavy. Not, not your Mike. Old Mike. Um, Darius Miles. Larry Bird did it off the bench one time. Andrew Toney. And then 
Cassie Russell did this multiple times off the bench, put up 46-point games, uh, just an, an interesting mix. Cassie Russell was an absolute bucket and a great player from a forgotten era of basketball. So shout out Cassie Russell. Okay, Logan. David Carr has the most and third most sacks taken in a single season with 72 and 68. Who is second on that list sandwiched right between him? Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, guys are really bad O-lines. Okay. I'm going to guess Eli. No, no, that's a bad guess. He, he had a lot of good O-lines. I'm going to go Big Ben. It's not Ben. And I'll give you a hint. This is not a fluke season. This guy led the league in sacks taken five times in three straight times in this stretch. Oh, is it Ron Jaworski? Not Jaw. Jaws? I meant to say Jaws. <laughs> um, Jake DeLome? No. So, so he started at least for, man, this guy was getting crushed. Uh, he was good. I may be shortened by injury because um, I don't know how you don't get hurt behind an offensive line this bad. Um, and let me give you one more hint. Maybe part of it is offensive line, but part of it is also play style. Randall Cunningham. And very well done. Great hint by me, apparently. <laughs> 72 sacks in one of the years. And again, as I mentioned, led the league in sacks four other times. Well done, Logan. You know, I saw some vagabonds on Twitter the other day arguing that Russell Wilson's style of play was the primary reason that he had taken so many sacks. And I just want to fight them all because they're so incorrect. Yeah. I disagree with that contention. I completely do as well. Carson, I got two more for you. Can you name the top three rookie point per game leaders of the three-point era? Sure, sure thing, pal. So Jordan, 28.2 has to be on there. Correct. He is number one. And since then, this is a fun one. I'm going to try to do this with no wrong guesses. So I'm just going to work through in my brain and we'll get there. Okay. So uh, KD comes in averaging 21. That's not going to be enough for the list. Recently, is there anybody who will be on the list? Blake's like above 22. That's not going to be good enough. Luca's at 21-something. Dame's 20-plus. None of those guys are going to be there, though. LeBron won't be there. Melo, he's going to be close, but I don't think so. So that's kind of the 2000s, 2010s, unless I miss somebody. There's actually only one guy in the top 10 post-2000, and that's Blake Griffin from 2010. Okay. I want to guess this outright. I wanted to do it with no wrong guesses, but I think Allen Iverson... Allen Iverson is the first cutoff at the four spot in 96. He averaged 23.5. The guy above him averaged 23.7. And that just hurts. That stings. All right. So who was a bucket immediately upon entering the league? I almost said Akeem Olajuwon. I don't think so. Carl Malone? I don't think he was averaging 24 a game. But that's a lot of points. Should I guess either one of them? Let's think. Yes, I will. Neither of them are in the top 10. Okay, so this is a guy who I guessed earlier. I don't think it's a good guess, but Mark Aguirre was getting buckets early in his career. It's not Mark Aguirre. Okay. 23.7. So let's think. When did basketball peak offensively? Mid-80s. So who is coming into the league in that range? 23.7. 
both of these guys were all NBA. Both of these guys were all-stars at some point in their career. I would hope so. They certainly started out pretty well. But they couldn't have been on that great of teams, which is what makes this a little bit harder. So if I look at the great scores of the 90s, that should maybe clue me in. This is a weird guess, but I might as well throw it out there. Mitch Richmond. It's an excellent guess. He is actually number eight on this list um, in 1988 with 22. Okay. Man, I'm struggling here. I'll guess a couple of the great scorers who I shouted out earlier. Adrian Danley. No, that's stupid because he started out, his first couple situations, he wasn't really getting buckets like that. And then he went to Utah and he started filling it up. I'll give you another one. Both these guys were in the Western Conference to start their careers. Now, one of the guys I do not think of in the Western Conference, I don't think of him with this team at all, but they both started out West. Okay. I don't know if this counts because he was in the ABA beforehand, but Dan Issel? Dan Issel's a good guess. It is not Dan. Kiki Vandaway? Another good guess. Kiki is not in the top 10, though. Okay. Clyde? It's not Clyde. 23.7 is a lot of points to score as a rookie. 23.7 and 24.3. Of course, Jordan is four ahead of either of them. Unsurprisingly. Man. I'll give you their positions, too. Both of them are big men. Okay. I was thinking Duncan for a second. Is it Duncan? You're close. Oh, David Robinson. The Admiral is number two in 89 at 24.3. And Shaq, right? No. Shaq is actually number five on this list at 23.4. I really thought that I had it there. Yeah, okay. I should have gotten Robinson because he was dominant from the jump. And this last one's tough. Okay. It's not Malone. I already guessed him. You looked at me for a second like it was Malone. That was weird. You're weird, man. <laughs> Likewise. Uh, thank you. Western Conference big man. Dude, this should not be hard. Ralph Sampson. It's a, good, it's a great guess. Ralph is not the answer, though. I'm telling you, when I think of this guy, I think Eastern Conference, I think really good teams in the mid-80s. Okay. Charles Barkley? It is not Barles Charkley. <laughs> okay. Really good Eastern Conference teams in the mid-80s. So there's only a few of them. Bucks, Celtics. Oh, I almost said Robert Parrish. I don't think so, but he was a bucket from the beginning. Might as well guess it. He did play for one of those two teams. Okay. Bucks or Celtics. All right, we're going to get it now. We're cooking with gas now. A big man. Terry Cummings. Correct. Terry started in, in San Diego with the Clippers. And in his rookie season with San Diego, 23.7 points per game. Um, would never hit that mark with any other team he played for. Dude, that was like half a joke. That's unbelievable. Wow. Good for Terry. What a bucket. All right, great question, Logan. Here is the last one for you before we get into the bonus Six quote-unquote active quarterbacks, and I will spoil to you why I say quote-unquote Drew Brees is on the list as well. I think you would have gotten that, though. Are among the top 12 all-time in playoff passing touchdowns. Who are they? To how many? Six. Big Ben. Yep. Brady. Yep. So is Brees in this equation, or is, would he be seven? Brees counts. Okay, so... You got three of them. We're not counting Phil in this, are we? He would count. 
So should I guess Philip Rivers? Do you think Philip Rivers is on the list? Do I think Philip Rivers is active? No, but okay. But if okay, well he's not on the list either way. So this is this is music to my ears. Um, Russ. Russ is correct. All right, what other guys have had playoff success? Uh, Rogers. Rogers is correct. Only one to go. Who am I missing? Who am I missing? It's not Pat, is it? No. He's decently high. He's top 25 already. Nick Foles. No. Alex Smith. No. I thought that was going to hit. Um, oh, who are we missing? We got to get six. We got to get six. Cam? Nope. Um, Kirk? No. Yeah, it's, it's got to be somebody better than that. So I'll run through where everyone who you've gotten is. Brady has 83, which is number one, basically doubling everybody else. Rogers is third with 45. Breeze, sixth with 37. Ben, seventh with 34. Wilson, 12th with 25. Which spot am I missing? So this guy's actually tied with Wilson. Okay. So if you want to be technical, it's top 13, but they're tied for 12th. Andy Dalton? No. Okay, I don't know why I guessed that. That was that was nuts. Is it Joe Flacco? It's Joe Flacco. 25 touchdowns, the same as Russell Wilson. Up there with the all-time greats, baby. Joe Flacco, the best to ever do it. I'm stymied. I'm I don't believe I, <laughs> I hate that every time when you ask a playoff QB question, the answer is most likely Joe Flacco, nine it's, times out of ten. It's true. He is one of the Great all-time playoff performers. I have saved one of my favorite questions for last. Carson, Michael Jordan has had four teammates average over 20 points per game in a single season with him. Who are those four players? All right. So let's get the easy one first. Scotty Pippen. Scotty did it twice in 92 and 97. All right. So I'm going to guess Orlando Woolridge. Orlando Woolridge is the other bull, 1985 and 1986. There are two others. Okay. So I appreciate you taking me off of any other bulls because I don't know who else I would have guessed. Maybe Cartwright in like his first year there. I don't know. So we're going to the Wizards. Antoine was not with him, I don't think. I'm pretty sure Antoine was with the Warriors. Early 2000s. Wizards. Not Gilbert, obviously. Too early for that. Man, I've really... No, I, I honestly, when I think of both of these guys, I don't think of them as Wizards. One of these guys' team was definitely... One of these guys' time was definitely abbreviated in Washington. Um, but I don't know. If you think back to MJ highlights in, in, in Washington, I think you will think about this guy. Okay. The, actually, the other guy on this list, you've already named in today's episode. Okay. I don't know if that helps me. Let's think. I was going to say Weber for a second, but he was gone by now. Both wings as well. Okay, a couple couple wings we've got here. Some dude who I already mentioned. Uh, <laughs> I thought Jerry Stackhouse for a second. I don't think he ever played in Washington. Did he? Jerry Stackhouse? Jerry Stackhouse is one of the answers. Really? 21.5 points per game in Jordan's last season in 2003. You're missing one guy from 2002 who averaged literally 20 flat. Okay. Uh, Brad Miller. 
Did Brad Miller ever play it? Okay. Not to my uh, knowledge. Okay. Also, <laughs> Not... I said a wing, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. I actually forgot about that. A wing. This guy's an NBA champion. Okay. He's also one of the drippiest on-court players in NBA history. Okay. A drippy dude who scored 20 a game and won a title. I'm trying to think about where he could have won a title. Late 2000s, I guess. Nope. Way off. So far off. Uh, late 90s. No, like immediately mm. after oh. his time in D.C. Oh. Wait. Okay. Hold on a second. I was going to say Alonzo Mourning. Did he play in D.C. ever? Yeah. It is not so. Okay. Also, also, he's not a wing, so. I got <laughs> I'm terrible at remembering the clues that I've been given. When and won a title. Okay, so let's just think. Uh, Rip Hamilton? Drip Hamilton, yes. Wow. In 2002, 20 points per game flat. Rip Hamilton did it. He is one of four to average 20 points per game alongside MJ. Good question. I'm mad at a couple of my guesses. I don't know why I said Zoe. I know that he didn't play in Washington. Not a wing by any stretch of the imagination. But okay, at least I got it when all was said and done. Here's your bonus question, Logan. You've done very well with these historically. I think it's very fair to say, though, that this may be and probably is the toughest one ever. Who was quarterback for the 2005 New York Jets? Oh, Jesus. Uh, (laughs) I'm sweating. I will honestly say that out of all the insane names I've heard you pull out, I don't think you've ever said this guy's name. Maybe you have, but if you have, not many times. Dude, 05 Jets? Yes. All I can think is Vinny Testaverde right now, and I know that's not right. That's not right. I think he did start a few games this season, but not the majority. <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. Okay. This is a weird question, Carson. Is there any chance you can give me this guy's college? Uh... I can look it up. I certainly don't know it. Also, just for the record, Vinny Testaverde did start four games this season. Um, it's not. I know it's not Chad Pennington, right? He was. He was still in Miami, or he just no, no. He hadn't. He hadn't gotten to New York yet, right? Not. It's not Chad Pennington. This guy went to Wisconsin. Oh, that doesn't help at all. Is it Jonathan Quinn? No. Craig Krenzel. No. Um, Chad Hutchinson. No. Um, dude, the 05 Jets. I how many how many games did they win this year? They won a grand total of four games. Was this a Herm Edwards year? This was a Herm Edwards year. Is this um, this by chance, uh, Damon Heward? No. And this guy was two and seven as a starter. Abysmal. How would you describe his play style, Carson? Just just a bum? I've never seen him play in my life, so I don't know. Rohan Davy. Fantastic guess. No. Thanks. Um, dude, I am I am scraping Brian St. Pierre. No. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> His here, names dude. are so obscure. Um Cade McNown. No. Luke McCown. No. Josh McCown. No. Okay, well, I mean, those are those are like 50-50. Yeah. Dude, I my journalistic credibility is on the line. Here, I don't Carson. think it is, man. I really don't <laughs> think it is. This is the hardest one ever. That accentuates why I got to get it. Um, 
Dude, I am I am literally going through old rosters like free agents in Madden 06 right now. That's that's my methodology. That's probably the best approach. Um Chris Redman. Nope. Chris Sims. Nope. Kellen Winslow. No. <laughs> um Dude, I'm gonna be really angry if I know this guy, even worse. Went to Wisco. Tyler Thigpen. Nope. Ouch. I I don't. Okay, I have to. Bruce Redkowski. No. Nope. Just he's a mandatory at this point. He is not the answer. I hate to see you struggle like this, but this is a really really hard one, which is why I had to ask it. Are there any other hints you could give me that would point me in the right direction at all? I'll give it a shot. He also played in Minnesota and Dallas. Okay. Um, um, Jeff, uh, Jeff Blake. No. Um, what years did he play in Dallas and Minnesota? After this. It was 06 and 07 in Minnesota, 08 in Dallas. I John mean, David Booty. No. Wonderful name, though. Is it Sage Rosenfels? I wish it was. All right, man. I'm going to be mad, but tell me who it is. The answer is Brooks Bollinger. I know Brooks Bollinger, dude. He was in... Um, have you ever seen... Uh, what's that movie with uh, David Spade and... Rush Hour 4? <laughs> John John Hader's in it. Uh, they're like... They, they play like baseball. Uh, bench warmers. Oh, bench warmers, yeah. Brooks Bollinger is in bench warmers. Really? I'm pretty sure. Or wow. there's a bunch of obscure football players in there. I am I'm moderately angry. Yeah, can you really be though? Can you really be about the Brooks Bollinger mix? Uh he was fun fact, he was a free agent in Madden 06. I'm glad glad yeah. to know that. He was not a very good quarterback in 2006. As I mentioned, two and seven records, seven touchdowns to six interceptions, 56% completion. As I said before, in my opinion, the toughest one that we have asked for this. You allowed me to extend the window to post 2000. I have tried not to do that. And uh, this was probably the toughest one I've been able to find without extending the window. By far. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, easily. This is the toughest one. Well, on that note, Logan, we will wrap things up here today. You can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at nerd underscore sesh and on Instagram at nerd sesh. You can check out our YouTube channel. Just look up nerd sesh where I most recently made a video about why Nikola Jokic is having far and away the greatest offensive season of any big man ever. We're going to be coming out with more video content like that down the line. So that is certainly something to look out for. You can listen to last week's NBA show in which we played a classic game of NBA true or false. And we'll have a couple more NBA shows coming up this week. But with that, I've been Carson Brabber. I've been Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Sesh. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.